What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. The Big Six O, Mind Over Magic, number 60. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Matt? Fantastic. Did you have a good week? I did have a good week. Uh, relatively chill. I didn't go out doing all the... Uh, Every event I could possibly do in New York, like uh, the past couple of weeks I've been trying to do. But uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a good week so far. How about you? Uh, I went to one, one event, and that was mainly just, just so I could bring it here. Yeah, good, good. That was why I went. Oh, okay. What was that event? The, the convention, the magic convention that was in town. Oh, tell us about that. I know there was a magic convention. I didn't know what it was really for because all I saw on my socials was all these magicians posting they were in Vegas. I was like, what is happening? What is out there? <laughs> um, I believe it's called Bill Smith's Collector's Workshop or something along those lines. Okay. So it's about just collecting magic. Is it like a historical element to this? What is this? I believe so. Okay. I, I'm... I'm not entirely sure this was my first time going to it, and I just... And you still don't know after going? Not exactly. <laughs> okay. Because I, I just did a little stroll through the dealer's room. Gotcha. Gotcha. Which was the same dealer's room that they use at Magic Live. It was actually at the Orleans. Okay. So you thought and you were at Magic Live. Yes, <laughs> but with a lot less people. Sure, 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 well, sure. When I went, I think everyone was at the Copperfield Museum. Right, yeah, that was the part I was very jealous of with everyone posting like they got a tour of Copperfield's. Col I guess that's the collection, right? That's what everyone's trying to get at this conference is Copperfield's collection. Like uh, he's, I'm not he's exactly won. sure. He's won the collection. <laughs> <laughs> everyone is else cool is trying to get a piece. Yeah, everyone's just trying to get their own thing. <laughs> but um, it was pleasant. I walked around the dealer's room and there were maybe three or four people in the entire room. Wow. Um, what kind of things were in the dealer's room? It, it was the usual suspects. Uh, okay. Lots of books and things, which I enjoyed kind of looking through. I didn't get anything. Oh, surprising. Um, Gay Blackstone was there. Mm -hmm. The who, wife of the late Harry Blackstone Jr. Right, who uh, also is known to produce the uh, Masters of Illusion show on CW. and the As tour. well as the live tour. Tour, yeah, absolutely. And I didn't know this actually, but she has like a, a company that sells like magical jewelry and things like accessories. There were purses and clutches and rings and necklaces that all kind of are magic themed. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, I was kind of looking through, like wondering, like, would Tiana like any of this? Because, like, in my <laughs> mind, yeah, the answer is yes. But I'm smart enough to know that I'm too close to the fire. <laughs> <laughs> this is wise. You were learning. <laughs> so I didn't get anything, and I was talking about it backstage, and one of our non-magician uh, backstage team, uh, Ted, who we've mentioned here before, who's been with the show for the past six years, just kind of overheard some of the conversation. And he's like, hey, oh, I know the answer to this. I wasn't there. I can tell you right now that it was not appropriate to buy anything for her. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's like a purse with the Queen of Hearts, and right. they put they bedazzle it out right. and stuff like that. But like, I thought it was pretty neat. But I don't know if it's like too magicy. I don't know. Right. Well, but I it looked great to me. I feel like the move is to get their brochure and like kind of like slip it to Tiana, and if she liked anything, then later at a later date you could do something. But 
Did you did yeah. you broach the subject with Tiana about possibly? Yeah, but I didn't have anything to show. Like there mm-hmm. wasn't a brochure that I knew of, yeah. and um, also I didn't. I like I wanted to take pictures of the items, but I also didn't know if that was acceptable. Oh yeah, maybe. You know, I don't know. I don't know. It's like taking a. It's like after you ride the roller coaster and not buying the picture, but you try to sneak a photo of it. That's how I felt. <laughs> I think the uh, whenever you're in a dealer's room and just taking photos, you feel like guilty because it's like, are they trying to knock this off? Like, what are they trying to do? You know, recreate this, you know, that kind of thing. Honestly, I was at Dave and Buster's last night and I was in the Redemption Center. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's what it's called. The prizes? Where you put, where you <laughs> redeem your tickets, the Redemption yeah. Center? <laughs> yeah. And like, there was this little toy that I thought was pretty neat, and it, but it was like 2,200 tickets, which is just over the top. So I I I want I had to remember the name of it so I could Google it later to see how much they cost and it was six bucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but even that I felt a little like I can't take a picture of this. I felt dirty, you know. I like that you just compared this magic dealer's room to the Redemption Ticket Center at Dave and Buster's. And- I mean, is it not essentially the same thing? <laughs> one accepts cash, one accepts tickets. Which one's which, though? No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. I want you to go to the next magic convention with a handful of tickets and just be like, I'll buy your finest book. And just count Well, there are out. no physical tickets anymore, so it's almost like handing your credit card. You just oh, have that yeah. power card. Is that what it's called? A power card? Right. They yeah. really got their uh their their yeah, the the card idea from Vegas when they were like, All right, these slot machines don't need to take coins anymore. Let's just put it all right. on these cards because Vegas is a weird place to be going cashless in certain places. Like I know the new Allegiant Stadium is cashless, for example. Mm, okay. And they had a big WWE event this past right. weekend or whatever, and apparently the the system was down. I heard about so, that. Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah. This made its way to New York? Well, no, just because all the WWE fans were tweeting on Twitter about how uh like horrible the system was and they couldn't like pay for anything. Are you in that circle? No, it just things pop up. I have friends. It's just popping up. Yeah, it used to be big. So no merchandise, but no beer, no merchandise, no drinks of any kind, no snacks, no hot dogs, no chips. I mean, just you're just hanging out. You just sit and you watch the wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's twiddling their thumbs. I have to imagine that had to be a very different experience. <laughs> Do you think it's more subdued or or or, more, <laughs> or, or less like a more they, angry audience? Yeah. I don't know. Are they getting rowdier because they can't have their beers and snacks? <laughs> I'm not sure, but I just can't imagine being in an event like that and like people uh, and devastating for the event too. Yeah, right. Think about all of the income lost. Like I remember when systems went down when i worked like clerk store jobs or whatever you'd have to bust out that old like credit card machine with like the little like carbon paper thing they can't do that they can't like all have the little like swipey sh- sh- thing. right you know that, no that's a good idea there there should have been a, a backup plan right but, i mean i guess it is a little odd to not accept cash though right even in today's society in a place like vegas where cash is just flowing yeah yeah. You put cash in your chips, you get a big payout, you go to the WWE and... Yeah, it's not, like you know. legal tender's legal tender, right? Supposedly. Yeah, but I've I've been to quite a few establishments that stopped accepting cash in general, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. just local places. I don't know how it is in New York because yeah. of COVID. And they, they're just like, oh, I'm not going to go back. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know what the uh, legal ramifications are for those, but I don't know. I don't know, man. 
Yeah, I was at a pizza store and the guy got quite an attitude with me. Actually, I was like, <laughs> he's like, I don't think I'm going to go back. I was like, oh, that's weird. He's like, why is that weird? It's not weird at all. Now I can't get robbed. Now I can't. And he started going down this like laundry list of reasons of why he's not going to go back. And I was like, I wasn't looking for an argument, man. I yeah. was just to yeah. make a conversation that you started. And you're like, speaking of not going back, since because we yeah. have this argument, I will not be coming back either. Speaking of the name of the restaurant, which I'm not going to mention here today. <laughs> That's Let's awesome. Let's go. What's been going on with you? Uh, I had a show uh, this past uh, weekend uh, at Stonehill College up in Massachusetts and got to do that with uh, my buddy Marcus Monroe, who you I don't think you have met, even though I've said you are buddies with him in the past. Always. You always mention that <laughs> like he's our mutual you know friend. Him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you should know him. Anyway, uh, very funny juggler. He was coming in from like Wyoming to do the show. This was a show that was also a year in the making because we were supposed to do this last year. And then mm-hmm. like we almost did like a virtual one, but then they just kind of like we're like, let's wait until the next year and when uh, things are back live. Uh, so we finally got to do the show. We had a absurdly early sound check for like a six o'clock sound check for like um, a nine thirty show start time, uh, because they also were doing like um, a, like an SGA event before the show started, and then we had like forty five minute. We did like Marcus did forty five minutes, I did forty five minutes, and then we called it a night. But it was a good crowd. Those gym shows are always fun, right? With the echo and the acoustics. So, uh, sure. <laughs> you know, just trying to get the sound to sound good. And uh, but it was uh, it was fun. The the uh, the impending doom part of it all was uh, that uh, the hurricane that was hitting the northeast was like right. that night into the next night. So <laughs> Marcus actually left like right at the beginning of my set because he's like, I got to get back to New York. And he drove. And I had a hotel, even though I normally don't get a hotel when I'm up in Massachusetts because I usually like visit my mom, which I did get to do. I got to see family on my way up, which was nice. Uh, very nice to see my little niece and brother and sister-in-law and my aunts that were in town, too. Uh, so that was I kind of surprised them a bit because they forgot I was going up to Massachusetts. <laughs> right. But, uh, but anyway, uh, at the end of my show, instead of staying over, I was like, I'm going to try and beat this hurricane, too. So I ended up leaving Massachusetts at like, 11 p.m. and drove mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. four or five hours back because I was stopping wow. on the way and trying to just beat that hurricane. And luckily, I guess it was kind of fizzled out a bit uh, in the New York area, at least. So it wasn't <laughs> I didn't really need to rush back, but I just didn't want to risk getting stuck in New England for an extra day. Um, of course. It know. looked like Marcus was there for your set because I think he took some cool pictures. Was that him who took those? Yeah, he took a couple, I think, on his way out. <laughs> okay. Well, they came out great. I had no idea that was a person running out of the game. <laughs> yeah. Literally, I think he like packed up his case and like he was almost going to go straight down the middle aisle like in the middle of my show just to be like, peace out, everyone. But uh, I think I convinced him to go off the side. But uh, it was a fun show. Uh, they were really into it. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, by the end, everyone, I think initially because they sit through like a SGA presentation of things to expect, they're kind of like, what's going on? So they're a little hesitant at first, but then like they definitely came together by the end of Marcus's show and then the same for mine as well. Uh, so it's like sometimes you got to trust that build and get towards that end there. 
Um, I haven't seen a juggler do 45 minutes in many years. So how many different sort of bits do they do in this case? He, Marcus is also kind of a, um, a social media celebrity. So he does his juggling acts, which I think are hilarious. I mean, he's also a, just a just straight up stand up, too. So he's so we're talking hilarious. like clubs or knives Cl or clubs, balls? knives. He brought out the unicycle. Uh, OK. He does a whole bit where he shows a few of his viral TikTok videos in the middle and how he was banned from Delta Airlines. So Right, because he cooked a steak or something. Yeah, you told me. yeah he cooked a steak in the bathroom. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> so the, the viral videos are not juggling? No, no. Gotcha. It's a little reprieve in the middle of the set. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Well, I wasn't sure, you know, because there yeah, are viral yeah. juggling videos as well. Absolutely. Well, Some well, of which accounts I follow. I'm sure. I'm sure you do. <laughs> we'll, we'll get Marcus on to tell his whole story at some point, I'm sure. And then you'll meet, and then you'll become friends, and then I can keep saying, <laughs> your friend Marcus. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but yeah, no, it was a great, and uh, uh, it was good to see, uh, uh, of course, some of the professional staff there that I knew through NACA. Uh, a friend of ours, uh, this is a real friend of ours that you do know, uh, Steve, who used to be at um, Quinnipiac, I literally asked you last week, oh, is that still Steve? Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, he was uh, he moved around a bunch. I don't remember No, this. but I asked you this. I said, oh, is it still Steve? I think that was for Stony Brook? No, I don't know. There no, was a confusing. He... Anyway. Yeah, weren't you just at Quinnipiac? I wasn't at Quinnipiac, no. Oh, it, interesting. So it was a different school, but I said, oh, does Steve still do that? I was actually referring to this Steve. Okay, there we go. Yeah, like yeah, I said, wow. a lot of these professionals sometimes move around, do musical chairs within the industry. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, he was bringing up when you were at Quinnipiac, mm -hmm. you uh, apparently had a fun little, like, I don't know if it was technically in your rider, but you did ask for something a little unique for Tiana at the time he was telling me the story i don't know if you remember this uh, oh was it her birthday or something you were asking for pez do you remember this <laughs> he said yeah but i can't remember why <laughs> he had like a disney pez dispenser or something yeah <laughs> i can't remember the whole story but maybe she came to the gig and there was yeah. some sort of inside joke that he and i had but I, it was like oh he's like i remember getting pez for tiana <laughs> <laughs> this was yeah. Years it had and years nothing ago. to do with the rider. Yeah, it had nothing to do with the rider. <laughs> but I'm but just imagining been... in your rider, you're just like, I need Pez. <laughs> no, I think she might have met him at NACA or something, and like they had maybe hit it off talking about Disney. I feel like this is Disney related. Oh, maybe. Yeah. And maybe he like surprised her with some kind of Disney Pez dispenser. Yeah. Maybe she might remember. I'll ask her. Yeah, we were reminiscing about the old days though, and you know, way back when. <laughs> It, was fun. it sounds like Steve, Tiana, and I might all remember about the same amount. <laughs> yeah, just little pieces, <laughs> not a Something full story. About Pez. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had a Pez collection growing up. Like I, used I to did not know this. I used to collect. I used to collect a couple things. I had like a bank collection, but also like I just switched over to Pez. And then I also got to go to the Pez Museum or the Pez, yeah, store. Where's that? Somewhere in Connecticut. Okay. It was always it on the there? way to. Um, like the casino area. So like if you're just driving down the southern bottom part of Connecticut, you get there. Eventually you see it on the highway. But it's still there. You could go to the Pez Museum. Is Pez is Pez as good as we think it is, or is it more the eating experience of like pulling them out of the toy? Yeah, I think it's just like like just packed sugar like pills. <laughs> That's all it is. Yeah, like to me in my head they taste good, but like I'm wondering like if it was not for the whole experience of like 
the little right for the lack of better phrase bobble head that like you peel back and then it dispenses a pez and then Mm -hmm. like does it actually just taste like chalk i'm not sure the um the thing you can get there is a bucket full of pez like you can just fill up a pail of pez it was like that kind of defeats the whole fun purpose of putting it in the dispenser and eating it how big of a bucket are we talking here because that's probably (laughs) what like two million pez don't ask me i'm not gonna pezes I think Pez is the plural. It's like Lego. Pez is plural. <laughs> Legos. No, the plural of Lego is Lego. Okay, nobody knows that. Yes. Everyone says I'm playing with Legos. Right, well, they're wrong. Nobody the says I'm playing Lego. with Lego. Well, if you watch Lego Masters on Fox, they specifically drive that point home. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> well, I wouldn't imagine you did. <laughs> Lego my ego? What about ego? Are they egos? I think those are plurals. <laughs> I'll never know. Anyway, have to watch Ego Land on Fox. <laughs> That's an Ego building competition with different <laughs> Waffle Houses, <laughs> not affiliated with the, the 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 restaurant, of course, Waffle House. And I think we just pitched a TV show. <laughs> we don't even try; it just no, happens. It just happens. <laughs> Ego competitions, love it. Uh, speaking of competitions, though, did you uh, watch AGT this week? Well, I, I saw I saw the clips you sent me. There we go. So you saw just the magic. <laughs> I well, I always see yeah, I always see the yeah. magic, right? I mean, for the most part, I try to see the magic, but I would have actually I'd seen um, Leah's clip. Is it? It's pronounced Leah. I think so. Yeah. But I wouldn't have seen Kleck had you not sent it. Yeah, Kleck Ento. So those were the two competitors this week: Leah, Leah Kyle for Quick Change Act uh, and Kleck Entos, who's like this. Uh, like spooky faces bandaged like the Invisible Man kind of Rorschach mask kind of guy who carries an axe for some reason. Uh, (laughs) So the two of them performed. We also found out about the wild card. They announced who won that. So our friend Patrick did not win, uh, unfortunately. Uh, a singer, I guess, possibly one. So I saw who went through, but I don't know what she does. And I just knew it didn't look like Patrick. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I was, I was you know, sad yeah. to see that because he did a great mm-hmm. wild card mm-hmm. round on Peacock. Yeah. So uh, Leah then performed and she did her and like uh, another version of her quick change act. What'd you think? Thoughts? Oh man, I, I mean, I thought it was fantastic. I, it's so hard to do that sort of act, like mm-hmm. um, for the live shows. It's 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 a lot of pressure and a lot of setup and a lot of like limited yeah. rehearsal, especially with an act like that. Like the reset time, I can only imagine. I know there's so many moving parts and like things that are changing. The thing about her quick change that I think really sets her apart from any other quick change I've seen is the. The lack of cover, like things are instantly changing in front of your eyes. And usually there's some sort of like, you know, cloth that blocks or, uh, you mm-hmm. know, uh, you know, the big confetti that falls that kind of covers the change between from dress to dress. But it's literally happening in an instant while you're watching it as unbelievable. Yeah, it feels groundbreaking. And, and even that finale where like, you know, she's wearing fairly small outfits throughout and like fairly form fitting. And then there's just this huge chess at the end. Oh yeah. 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 This like giant hoop skirt almost. Yeah. Yeah. And it puffs out. It was just like, wow, I wasn't expecting that. Right. And that was a, that was the nice added addition because the, the hard thing. And I remember way back when like season one or 
two, it must have been one, that David and Danya were on it, and they were kind of the first to bring quick change to the show. But their biggest criticism was their act was pretty set, and it's hard to, like, you know, you're basically creating costumes, you know, that can change Mm -hmm. into other costumes magically. So it's hard to, like, come up with new ones. So she had a little bit of the same elements from her first, you know, routine. So it's hard to find that unique spin to make it seem different. And I think she did a good job by having these mannequins around and then adding that big dress at the end. Uh, and the shoes. And the shoes. The boots was cool. Yeah, that was cool. Kicking the right boots Right at the off. top. I thought that was a, a great intro. The set design looked amazing. Uh, props to her for the mm-hmm. you know, the execution and the production and the AGT team for making that look uh, really, really outstanding. It's, it's one of the toughest acts to try to, quote unquote, step it up. Ah, I see what you did there. <laughs> Wait, what did I do? Like you were talking about boots. I yeah, No, I wasn't, up. actually. <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't i but, just mean like how you, on the show you gotta step it up for the yeah. next round level up there you go there you go. oh I my think, god i think that's gonna be the biggest thing so she went through the next night she was voted through um, oh good yeah see i actually didn't know yeah great so um but uh but like again simon seemed to be in a bad mood for most of the acts uh, that we this week and kind of was she's basically said Simon basically said her first um, act was better, more miraculous, and this one wasn't as good per se. Oh, I, I didn't, yeah. I didn't, you know, it didn't include the judges' comments, right. so I wasn't sure what they said. But um, but everyone else loved it, and I think that's going to okay. be her pitfall going forward. Is again, the ex- expectation to come up with a whole new act is so hard to do for a quick change act because you literally would have to like so so many new costumes and come up with new transitions and like so i think she's gonna have to figure out and just if she can do what she did this round and find other ways to keep things fresh and seem different and even using some of the same principles but like dressing it up a bit so it's all new i think she'll still do well in the the later rounds what if she rides in on like some sort of uh vehicle whether it be a four-wheeler or a motorcycle or a car of some kind and the car changes color Wow. Um, I don't know where this idea came from. <laughs> Stepping just, it up. Just throwing it out there. Uh, yeah. What, well, I mean, how else do you change the act? I well, mean, that's the thing. It's all clothing, right? So it so doesn't like, have what to other be, though. Clothing? Yeah. You but know, you got to you gotta loose. You got to look at in order to expand the idea, right? You have to like find some part of the theme that mm-hmm. can expand. And part of the theme is color changes. Sure. Yeah. Right. So like, how can you make that? more than clothes yeah but i think it's also to figure out i think what was really appealing especially to like heidi who's in the modeling world is like the fashion element so i would go more fashion like expand it into fashion more than yeah but if she strolls in on a fancy sports car that's a sure that's a that's it that feels fashion statement (laughs) yeah i could tell you hate the idea but i'm just (laughs) you said a (laughs) four-wheeler Um, well, I was thinking like logistically at the same time, she can't actually drive in a sports car into the middle of the Dolby theater, or maybe she can. I don't know. Lance Burton used to float around in a car. Who knows? Fair enough. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, we also had Kleck Entos. Did that go through? So Kleck, let's describe the actual chat. I got to know because I know we got the buzzer. He did get a buzzer from Simon because it did okay. take a little of a build up to get there. So he comes out basically the fact if you haven't seen it, he uh, oh there was a lot to 
the, the he basically lights a candle and has like Terry Crews hold his hand over it to show it's hot and he's holding Cleck then takes off his glove and shows he's like scarred on his arms which looked like a prosthetic but um, I then, feel uh, like we got to set the tone yeah first. oh it's before like before you can even horror. get into yeah. these logistics like it's definitely a horror tone for sure there's no speaking there's this like voiceover that's taking you through what's going on mm-hmm. um and very ominous music and some sort of set pieces that go with this horror theme you have Sophia on stage and uh Terry Crews on stage and this uh, bandaged up character, his whole face is bandaged up. Yeah, and I feel the, like that sets the tone. And Sophia was uh, like positioned in a chair, but she was not like she seemed scared already. It was like sitting so awkwardly, like turned away, like terrified before anything even began. She watched about ten percent of the act. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so he's setting up this whole like arson type theme where he's holding his hand over a candle and he's uh, showing that there was a famous hotel that had victims in it. Uh, and he's flipping through a page, uh, a, a book that has all these pictures of people that are numbered on the backs. And he has Sophia touch the back of one. They slide out the card of who that was. Uh, the card happened to be 13. Uh, a door closes that shows that that was the number on the door as well, and he reveals that all the other victims were murdered except for one who was ended up being the arsonist. And they, uh, he kind of removes his hand from the fire, and it was really hard to tell, but there was a black spot on his hand that was supposedly a picture of that same person that Sophia chose. Gotcha. And then also, he lifts up... Uh, the uh the book off the table and i thought this was the coolest part of the act was when the like the on the tablecloth it looked like there was like hands coming up that from was the so table cool. yeah yeah that, was, that was really cool it reminded me of some of like the copperfield illusion where he's like going through the metal plate yeah uh, but yep. like or, or just like you know any of those horror movies where like a face is coming out of the wall you know it's mm-hmm. like that's mm-hmm. creepy stuff he removes the tablecloth to show there's nothing under there. And then like the word Lucy, which is the name of the person, was like burned into it. And then what was cool is he used that tablecloth. And when he removed it, there was like a real ghost, not real ghost, but an actor being a ghost <laughs> as the Lucy in the chair. And she kind of gets pulled back into the door. And it was like there was this awkward pause at the end of like, is it over? Uh, but uh, <laughs> I thought it was an interesting idea to do this whole horror concept. Uh, and it definitely reminded me of a few seasons back when they had like the sacred Rihanna going for that horror route as right. well. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think their biggest criticism was pacing and like, even like Sophia was like, it was a little slow at start, but then it got good later was kind of their comments. Mm-hmm. Simon, so Simon did not buzzed. go through, I'm assuming he did not go through. No, yeah, that not. was my yeah. guess. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. When you get a buzz at this stage, it's not a good sign. It kind of affects Especially when, uh, even though there was like 12 acts and seven went through and five didn't, like, yeah, it's any buzz kind of sways the audience vote, I feel. Right. Were there other buzzes? Do we know? I didn't like, watch the, the rest of the, mm. I caught a couple of things. I saw Michael Winslow who was like. Oh, the, right. He was Did he on, get saved? He was on the tier and I think the judges saved him or the, okay. or maybe the audience did. One of the two, but he did. And then saved. we had. Some AGT returners, all-stars, Shin Lim and Lindsay Sterling. Yeah, Lindsay Sterling, the violinist, and Shin on the results show did like a duet? Yeah, it was a collaboration. I thought it was uh, neat. It was a nice uh, collaboration. 
Yeah, yeah. And it's nice seeing Shin's kind of talking more because, like, when he uh, famously on the show, he was always just doing his act and all the music. Right. And now he's uh, with his Vegas show, you know, obviously chatting, talking more during that as well. And, uh, yeah, it's just uh, he had what Heidi sign a heart on the back of a card, the Queen of Hearts, and then he did like a lot of flourishes around this piano. And then Lindsey Sterling came out and played violin. And she she was on the show, but it didn't really fare well for her when she was on. And she's gone on to be this big star. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't necessarily remember even what season she was on. Was she on the same season as before you? Okay. Oh really? Uh, she came on as a guest, I believe, during my season. Nice, nice. Um, like kind of like last night. You know what I yeah, mean? Like she yeah. came on to do a performance. Um, I think she kind of blew up later on from like mm-hmm. her YouTube and stuff like that. Yeah, and she's on a huge tour right now. Yeah, I I liked the performance, but uh, there was some interesting stuff going on with the camera, like cutting back and forth, and like or zooming in too far, too back. And I don't know if that took away from the magic. And that's what I was going to ask you is what you thought with like Shin would do some incredible stuff with cards and then it would like pull focus to Lindsay performing with the camera and then back to Shin. And I don't know if that takes away from the magic when you have too much going on because your focus is kind of all over the place. It's just a tricky. No, I thought I thought it was really well done. Um, because it's just so hard to do. Like, uh, I would equate it to when they had uh, an acro act on my season collaborate with uh, Travis Barker. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, there's music playing. He's doing his drum thing. But also there are people flying through the air almost dying. Like, mm-hmm. what do you show? Yeah. And they got to show the judges' reactions, too. And, like, some of this was uh, while I was watching, it was like, why are they cutting to the judge reaction right there? It's like, I want to see what magic he was doing, you know? Right, right. But, I mean, the truth is it would have been entertaining to watch, uh, as we know, even if it was just Lindsay doing her thing. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. The music, right. the violin. I mean, even just audio alone would mm-hmm. be interesting, mm-hmm. right? Because people yeah. listen to music. But then what she does is like combines it with movement and dance and, Mm -hmm. you know, that sort of artistry. So like it really is a sensory overload when you combine because like if you think of her act alone is already the combination of many things. Right. So like now you add another act to it. It's like it's it's a heavy um you know, it's a heavy collaboration. It's a lot going on. And there were elements, too, when they were interacting where, like, you know, Shin made a card appear under her violin and then um, grabbed a, made a bow appear. That was pretty cool. Oh, right. Yeah. The, uh, like a violin bow. Yeah. And then, like, right. jabbed the bow through the card and then showed that the card didn't have a hole in it. That was fun. Right. That was yeah, that was fun. Also, I mean, think about it. It's hard. it's not easy to necessarily combine like the elements of yeah. violin playing and playing cards, right? I, so. I don't know, too. There was like, I don't know, with the heart themed and then like putting this bow into things. It was very, very suggestive at times. I thought <laughs> <laughs> An arrow right through my heart. Yeah, let's go with that. That's what I was thinking. Not another euphemism. Okay. But cool. it was experimental and you got to, you got to credit AGT for the, uh, you know, the experimental uh, thing yeah. that they put out there. It's not something you're going to see really anywhere else. So. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So lots of magic. And uh, obviously with these acts going through to the next rounds, we'll keep talking and following the season as we go and see how far magic gets this year. Could there be another magic winner to I th- join, I think so. join the ranks of you and Shin? I as, think so. As magic AGT champions? Wow. Don't you think so? 
There could be. Yeah. I think How there's many some are strong left? contenders. I know there's at least uh at least two. Because Le- there are two mentalists. Oh, yeah, there's at least three then, right? Because Dustin went through. Two mentalists plus Dustin plus Leah. Yeah, Dustin, Peter, and Leah. I think that's three going into the semis. I thought there was one more mentalist. Oh, I'm not. But I could no. I could just be wrong on that. Well, Who's well, the one with the um the uh the orb? Oh, he yeah he didn't even go to the live shows. <laughs> okay, okay, I thought he did. <laughs> the uh the yeah the holographic brain thing yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah no yeah. no no he's not he's not doing the live shows. <laughs> gotcha gotcha yeah okay. So I think that yeah, there's three. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but Matt, I think it's that time we switch over to diddle me this. Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt Riddles? Okay, Matt. This is a sort of a murder mystery. So we'll see how you do. Put on your detective hat. It's oh, on. Okay, I was waiting. <laughs> <We should laughs> I, I really wish you had a detective hat. Okay. Uh, a man is found murdered on a Sunday morning. His wife calls the police who question the wife and the staff and are given the following alibis. The wife says she was sleeping. The butler was cleaning the closet. The gardener was picking vegetables. The maid was getting the mail. And the cook was preparing breakfast. The police then knew who to arrest. How? Wow. Yeah. You got to use some deductive reasoning skills, be the Sherlock Holmes to figure out who the murderer is. I like the theme of this. Let's hear it once more. Yeah, absolutely. A man is found murdered on a Sunday morning. His wife calls the police who question the wife and the staff. Wait, what is that sentence? They question the wife and the staff? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, his wife calls the police who question the wife and the staff. Who questioned? I'm getting confused there. Yeah. His wife calls a- his wife calls the police and they the police, comma, who questioned the wife and the staff. So the police okay. come and they question the wife and the staff. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So it's not nothing tricky there. <laughs> no, no. Okay. That's pretty straightforward. <laughs> no, no, I didn't yeah. know if there was a wording there. Yeah, okay. I gotcha. Uh and they're given the following alibis, assumingly from that questioning. Uh, the wife says she was sleeping. The butler was cleaning the closet. The gardener was picking vegetables. The maid was getting the mail. The cook was prepping breakfast. And then the police know who to arrest. How? Did she confess when she called? No. All you need are those alibis to know. <laughs> Well, it's usually the spouse, so it was her, obviously. Oh, yeah, you're just going to go with the assumption. (laughs) You're going with that reasoning. (laughs) Yeah, just railroad her. It had to be. Everything you need to know is in this riddle. So you can't make assumptions about, you know, that the guy was vegan or, like, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And they decided to poison him with meat or whatever. I I, I, I don't want a clue. You don't want a clue. Okay. You Not really. You want to figure it out. Yeah. But I'm having a hard time. Um, can I hear it once more? Is there anything in the wording I need to... No, just don't even give me a clue. Just, just one more okay. time. One more time. I'll give it to you. Uh, and if you uh, want multiple cracks at this, listeners, you can rewind because this will be the last time I repeat it. It's long. Um, 
A man is found murdered on a Sunday morning. His wife calls the police, who question the wife and the staff, and are given the following alibis. The wife says she was sleeping. The butler was cleaning the closet. The gardener was picking vegetables. The maid was getting the mail. The cook was prepping breakfast. The police then knew who to arrest. How? Who was cleaning the closet? The butler. Is that his job? Uh, could be. Seems like something Why was a the maid would getting do. the mail and the you know what I mean? I feel like the butler should be getting the mail maybe and the maid should be cleaning the closet. Everyone, right? everyone's kind of doing jobs. But you are okay. you are in the right like frame of mind of like figuring out there's something amiss with some of these jobs, perhaps. Or one of these jobs. She was sleeping. Yeah, the wife is sleeping. The wife was, pre- uh, the, the, I'm sorry. Dur- the, during um, the murder, yeah. The chef was prepping the breakfast. The cook was prepping breakfast. The butler was cleaning the closet. The gardener was doing what with vegetables? Picking them. That, that checks out. <laughs> that seems fine. <laughs> yeah, so something's up with the maid and the, uh, the butler. Okay, talk it out. What well, everyone else is doing what they're supposed to be doing. And I'd say the sketchiest thing is the guy who's cleaning. Oh, interesting. Because he's like cleaning a, up after the murder. I, I got to give you a uh, I got to give you a hint. I know you didn't want one. There is something very specific in the setup of this man's death. Do you remember when this murder happened? Sunday morning. Yes. Um. <laughs> yeah. And go. Wh- the what? mail doesn't come. That's it. Wow. <laughs> there is no mail on Sundays, at least here in the states. I don't know if you're listening far away. So is the maid. That could have been an impossible riddle if your mail does come on Sundays in other countries, yep. <laughs> but here yep. it does not. Uh, so the mail does not come. The maid was lying, and she is uh she's the murderer. Well done. Mm-hmm. Well done. Let's jump over to trivia. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Trivia, pressure, trivia time. You ever seen Fight Club? Yes. What item is in every Fight Club scene? Oh, gee, in every scene? Mm, are there I have choices? Four choices? Oh, wait, hold on. Let me think it out. I know there's like subliminal, um, like like screen grabs they put in there, but I don't think it's that. Uh, what item? This sounds strictly like product placement. Uh, I know, like soap is a big thing there. Uh, all right, give me the choices. This is a weird one, but um, anyway, here are the choices: a Coca-Cola can, mm-hmm. a Starbucks cup, mm-hmm. a Dunkin' Donut, mm-hmm. a Pepsi bottle. Oh. I feel like I should know this, but uh, and like the fact that you had both Coca Cola and Pepsi is like making me think it's one of those two, of the Starbucks cup. I know that like famously the Starbucks cup that was accidentally left into a scene of Game of Thrones was pretty funny, um, because they just forgot to remove it before they started shooting. Supposedly it was uh, Amelia Clark's fault. Who knows? Uh, and I also know like Seinfeld always had a Superman hidden in the background. 
and like on Psych, there's a pineapple. Like I sh- I know like those kind of things. I don't know the one from Fight Club because it just seems like a generic <laughs> product placement, like you're saying. Uh, I I give you a little background. So the director David Fincher mm-hmm. um, thought that one of these brands popping up on like a lot in LA in the late nineties was too much of a good thing. So he poked fun at it. Um, and is claimed to have snuck this product into every shot with permission from the chain. Oh, interesting. Cause I remember the first product placement. I feel like that was like really noticeable was like in the Superman movie where he like gets thrown into a Coke machine. But 90s now you're saying, I feel like it's got to be Starbucks. Is it Starbucks? It is. All right. (laughs) Thank you for the hint. (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) That's a weird one. I would not have, yeah, I would not know that off the top of my head for sure. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Matt, we should jump into, since we're talking about movies, we should jump into uh, the mailbag. Okay. So here we Uh, go. Let me me dive in here. Hang on a second. I'm going to click in. The mailbag. I've got mail. Okay, here we go. Uh, we'll go by first name here. Uh, pulled from Merlin. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure it's to either of us specifically. There's no uh, greeting at the top, so we'll just dive right in. I'm just going to read this out loud for the first time. Now. Yeah, good, good, good. Love listening to your banter on the podcast. Uh, I had my Bluetooth hearing protection while I was mowing, and I yelled, it's the thumb, two seconds before Matt, honest. Oh, so that has to do with our our riddle last week. So if you haven't listened to last uh, week's episode yet, uh, sorry, spoiler alert. But I was there. (laughs) I was there, and I don't remember. It was the, you raise this up riddle when you're happy, and I gave you, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it was the riddle. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I talk back to you all the time. That's awesome. And now, and now we're talking back to you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got to side with Eric, Matt. Live a little. Let your hair down, metaphorically speaking, of course. What does that mean? You read the rest. Okay. <laughs> I've read the Movies this one. <laughs> won't hurt you. <laughs> no wonder you find value in meditation. You need to let your mind wander. I get it. Music is your jam. See what I did there? Yes, I do. Uh, don't think outside the box. Forget the box. A box is a form of constraint. There is no box. There are only horizons. Isn't that a famous movie quote? Bring me the horizon. Eric, what kind of help do you need? I'm open for new things. Uh, I don't know. We're trying to we're trying to get you to watch movies, I guess. So he's <laughs> trying to give me he wants help. He wants me to have help from him to, or, or for us to convince you to watch uh, movies. <laughs> Bring me the horizon. What is that from? Uh, that quote. I thought he was referencing another quote earlier. Uh, Bring me the horizon quote. I don't know that. Is it from... Don't think outside the box. Forget the box. The box is a form. I like this. I like all of what this person is saying. The fact that he says there is no box, it's similar to there is no spoon. Do you know what that is? No. Is that a movie reference as well? Mm-hmm. No, what is that? Uh, did you ever see The Matrix? Uh, I did, but I was very, very young. So that's all about like awakening and coming out of that fake world that the robots create, and there is no spoon, and it's kind of bending. Literally every mentalist uh, <laughs> who does spoon bending loves that scene because of the visual of the spoon bending, and they're like, there is no spoon. Uh, but I believe the, uh, the Bring Me the Horizon is uh, Jack Sparrow? Pirates, perhaps? Okay. 
Yeah. Um, the code in the matrix comes from what food recipes? What? <laughs> the code in the matrix comes uh-huh. from what food recipes? I didn't know it came from recipes. <laughs> A production designer scanned symbols from his wife's sushi cookbooks, then manipulated them to create the <laughs> iconic code. That's funny. That's yep. good. Well, yeah. Anyway, thank you, Merlin, for the uh, for the awesome note. I I'm I'm trying. I'm I'm trying to watch more movies. Uh, I am excited though. I'm before I. I mean, mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies has been rumored to be coming to Broadway, and now I did see a headline that is announced to do a preview run in St. Louis, The Karate Kid. There's gonna be a Karate Kid musical. Yep. What? Yep. Yeah, and the original writer is involved, and uh, I didn't know this at all. I didn't see this. <laughs> yeah, they believe it's coming to Broadway. There have been talks about it, I believe, for a long time, but I believe like literally this spring, maybe March, it's coming to St. Louis first. Kind of like when Mrs. Doubtfire went to Seattle. Right. It's just so. those are just your favorite movies. They're just making into musicals now. You got to see the Doubtfire and now the Karate Kid. Like yeah, the- I mean, I made a special trip just to see the Doubtfire. So there's gotta be. There's got to be a song called Sweep the Leg, right? <laughs> uh, there already the is. You know there, you know, there da, already da, da, is. Da, 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 Wait sweep a minute. Sweep the Leg. There already da, da, da. is. <laughs> what? There's a famous YouTube video, Sweep the Leg, and that's the name of the song. No, really? And, well, they're not going to use that in the musical. No, but William Zapka is in it. They got like the Cobra <laughs> Kai guys to be in it. This is before the TV show, and they did this like pretty you know, a decent budget, like an actual mm-hmm. music video of Sweep the Leg, Johnny. And it's a great song. That's so And the guy funny. who, yeah, one of the guys from that band lives out here in Vegas. And I, uh, mm. you know, we crossed paths at some point. Yeah, that's great. We that's... the Kings is the name of the okay. band. Okay, I'll have to look this up. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a funny video. It's great. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think what other songs would be in a Karate Kid musical. Wax on, wax off. Yeah, I'd say that's got to uh, be. Gotta I mean, be isn't one. that just low hanging fruit? Could they actually do that? No, right? They got to do it. <laughs> oh, it's so important. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, how how have shows been going? You you've been uh, tell us about Vegas and that run. It, it's going well. We have, I, I believe, we have a special guest in the house tonight, actually, or by the oh, time yeah? this airs last night. Are you familiar with Perez Hilton? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the like the media blogger and everything like that. Yeah, I guess he's oh, coming to the fun. show. That's gonna be now. Great. I don't know. I mean, you never know. If someone says they're coming. Uh, right. I, I, you don't know. I mean, but supposedly he's coming through with his family tonight or something. Oh, that's fantastic. So, how do you know Perez Hilton? I believe I was actually covered way back when when I was on AGT in his blog. Uh, it was maybe I think after my Ellen appearance, he covered okay. that, and so. Yep. I saw a little ping alert come up, and uh, saw, he was amazed by my act. So is I, that right? I was I was thrilled. I was I, oh. always worried if you show up on a Perez Hilton blog, if it's going to be good or bad. So now <laughs> so, I don't have to be nervous. If he liked your act, then I know. Whoa! Okay. What are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> I kid. Uh, I kid. Oh, that's great. That's fun. Um, I'm I'm so excited to be back doing like regular shows pretty frequently. Uh, because I'm just seeing things improve. And I mean, you get to do that all the time in Vegas because you literally can, you know, make adjustment from show to show. So like even when you're working in your new material, like that got great fast, I assume, because you can try it one night and then make adjustments the next night and keep making adjustments after after, uh, you know, 
from night to night. Like for me, I've always had like maybe a couple downtime. So like my gigs aren't always day after day after day. Right. Although coming up this fall, it looks like they might be. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just having that opportunity, I think, is so important to, you know, make those adjustments and improve the show a little bit each time. Yeah, it's interesting. There are pros and cons to both. Um, yes, it gets I, I it gets better faster, but at the same time, for larger changes, you can't make them. Like, right. you need, you, if let's say you want to like modify a prop, you can't like modify it if you don't have if, if twenty four hours is not enough time. Mm-hmm. You you have to wait until your next like longer break before you make any like major changes because it needs to be ready to go for um the show the next night so like if it's something that might not work you can't just like try it that you know right, so right. it's it's really good for like small things and like maybe audio changes even some lighting programming and things like that but when it comes to like physically altering something if you have a week off in between shows that's great you can like mm. try it workshop it do it now if you just have like two days off you barely have enough time to like fix it try it and then it might not work and then have to go back to what you were doing so it's like it's a little bit more of a time crunch so sometimes you have to wait longer stints to get some of those bigger things done but um yeah i love the the refining process of doing things night after night even just like lines yeah it's like uh just any type of polishing if you want to you think of it as like woodworking or just like you're sanding off a little bit each time and like making it more streamlined and smoother as you go and Mm -hmm. if there are any errors like over time uh what's another good analogy like the um the beach right that kind of like washes the the rocks until they become like smooth Uh, Mm -hmm. so that's that's essentially what having multiple shows in a row can do because you're really if you're listening to the audience you can you know tweak a line just like a little bit or say it a little bit differently each night until you find that perfect way to say it that gets the response you want every time. Yeah, and and also not sounding scripted while you're doing that. Right, exactly. Yeah, and that's a big uh, big obstacle to overcome because you could have a perfect script and uh, if it sounds rehearsed, there's going to be that disconnect as well. I think. Yeah, I, and I do this all the time with just the timing of things, the emphasis on which word, all of that is, uh, I find it so fun to play with. And I, I, I imagine there might be a point of like diminishing returns of trying to polish something. But since I'm already doing the show anyway, it doesn't matter if there's a point of diminishing returns. Any improvement is an improvement. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's not like it was specifically done for the purpose of polishing. <laughs> right. So <laughs> so what do you say we move on to goals, Matt? Unless you had anything else to add on to that. <laughs> I Listen, listen. I'm, I'm not excited about goals this week because I have failed miserably on this one. I sort of did too. So okay. we'll, we're both in the same boat. <laughs> okay. Um, so you, uh, are going to get a trivia book and I can already tell from what we, before we started recording, you go, I gotta, I gotta look up trivia and I'm not happy with my trivia. So you changed it for this episode last minute. So clearly you didn't get a trivia book. I did not get a book. (laughs) I came in with trivia today and then I just looked at it right before we started recording. I was like, I can't do this one. And uh, yeah, I did a last minute Google to find the one, the uh, the movie trivia. But yeah, I would love to get a good trivia book that I can start uh, throwing at you. And I just, I failed to get one yet. I didn't even place the order. Like I really wanted to just be like, oh, it's on its way. Nope. eBay, Amazon, something. Nope. 
<laughs> All right. And well, is that a continued goal for next week then? Oh, no. Yes, it is. Okay, good. <laughs> Anything else you wanted to add or just focus on that? Are trivia? you kidding me? I didn't, couldn't enough. even handle that. <laughs> Great. What do you think this is? Um, and you, yours was to basically schedule time to do some writing. Have you not done that? <laughs> so... I wanted to do more time like scheduled than last week, which was like one session. And I didn't even get to one session this week. I was home a lot this week, but I got a lot of other stuff done. I was focusing on shows, which was another one of my goals, which I did. But I also did another goal that's been an ongoing goal. I cleaned my apartment, like got the desk all organized, got the table all cleared off, did a whole sweep around. I'm like back into like regular mode. I had one box left from my move I had never on packed and i finally did that (laughs) so you've been getting things done so i got other stuff done but uh yeah now that uh now that that's out of the way i'm can focus on that writing goal again and uh i have been reading through magic and mentalism books the this is something interesting i wanted to bring up because i was like i kind of get the principle of this book i'm reading and now it's like now that i know what the principle is i can't force my way through the rest of the book just because it's like I can see how this can apply to certain things, but now it's kind of using that same principle over and over again. So do you ever have a thing where like you're reading a magic book or whatever and you're like, all right, I'm not going to use this right away. So do you abandon the book? Do you continue forcing your way through to see if it sparks any other ideas? How do you how do you approach your learning process? Uh, it's case by case. And in Mm -hmm. some cases I power through, but I'm not even sure that's the right answer of what you (laughs) should do. Right. Uh, there are many cases like I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There are many cases where I do that just for the sake of finishing the book depends how far along I am through it and how much are they, uh, for the lack of better phrase, beating a dead horse on it. Right. How much are they just kind of like really going over and over and like, it really could have been a pamphlet. Right, exactly, exactly. So have been have there been times when I've closed the book and walked away? Certainly. Have there yeah. been times where I've powered through? But most often, more often than not, I don't think powering through like paid off. No, I know because like so. once you get the idea, it's almost like the more you're trudging through it, the less you like even that idea anymore. <laughs> right, right. right <laughs> you're like yeah. now I'm just now this feels like work. <laughs> right, right. And now I don't want to use this at all. <laughs> Yeah, you yeah. know, I think what you have to do too is give yourself the uh, the liberty to skim. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just I think that's an important it. part of reading, yeah. like like to to just give yourself the uh, that liberty to like know that you know what in certain cases it's okay to skim. And sometimes too, like often with magic books, especially depending on how they're written, most are kind of written for you to just reference anyway, so you don't have Many. to read it cover to cover. Right, and you can just be like, all right, I'm gonna look this up for this one idea here. And if it's right. organized well or has a table of contents, which is helpful, you yeah, can just totally. like go back. Or an index. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Well, so is it one of those? Is it, or is it meant to be cover to cover or is this more of like a uh, reference I, book? I think it's kind of written cover to cover, but it does have an index and it's kind of like taking the principle and dividing it up into different stages. So I can, I think I can use it as a reference. It's also trickier, again, reading eBooks and just being like, I just want to X, right. X out of this thing <laughs> sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Close it and be like, where did I leave off? Oh, yeah, cool. Right. Uh, but yeah, so uh, still just trying to get my mind in a space to you know keep getting creative and working on stuff. And now that I have all these shows 
uh, and I'm happy with you know my show getting more and more polished. Uh, the tricky thing again is still every school has its own um, COVID pro- po- policy, so mm-hmm. just adjusting the show depending on where I am every every time I perform is is a fun challenge. Uh, to but uh, the shows have been going well and people seem really responsive and I'm getting good reactions, so happy doing that and. Uh, that ties right into our plugs. If you want to see where I am uh, performing, I've been posting it on my social media at E Diddleman on all the Twitter, Instagrams, Facebook. You can see my upcoming schedule um, for through September and more shows coming in. Uh, and if you want to book, visit ericdiddleman.com. And Matt, what about you? You got shows? MattFranco.com. MattFranco.com. Ticketmaster.com. We're going to be at the Link Hotel and Casino from now through the end of the year. More dates coming soon. Uh, for 2022 but in the meantime get your tickets for 2021 and of course follow us on our socials as well for the podcast at mind magic pod uh we've been doing little clips of the episodes to give a little teasers too so feel free to share those so that other people can find our uh podcast as well and uh feel free to write in just like we had merlin write in at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com that was fun yeah that was a lot of fun doing those this was a This was a good week. Uh, On to more shows for next week. And uh, we're excited for our listeners. Uh, Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you. See you uh, next time. Good talking to you, Matt. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.